1: So apparently this filter is about to give me gender euphoria, so let's go ahead and try it out. Um, if I get triggered and I start crying, I'm so sorry.
0: Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Madison Malone-Kercher. You're listening to ICYMI, In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture.
2: Vanessa! Oh my god, not yet, Madison. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is in my head. I want it to be in all of our listeners'
2: heads. I mean that's pretty much the point of this podcast is to get the earworms that are stuck in our heads into our listeners' heads. This is actually just a shared trauma experience. <laughs> Thank you for listening to ICYMI. But before we get into the TikTok sound that has not left me or Madison or our colleagues heads because we're annoying, we are going to talk about the Wall Street Journal's recent investigation inside TikTok's highly secretive algorithm which
0: the secret to how those earworms implant into our brains. Catchy title as well. <laughs> <laughs> the Wall Street Journal, or a team at the Wall Street Journal under journalist Joanna Stern, created over 100 automated TikTok accounts, so accounts run by bots, that watched hundreds of thousands of videos on the app. And what they found was kind of amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's way- surprising, I would say, but amazing to see it visualized and put out in a concrete way that isn't just you and I being like, I think this is how the algorithm is reading me.
2: Exactly. So many people have a kind of suspicion as to what makes the algorithm work. And it's kind of been informed by what TikTok has said, which TikTok officially says that shares, likes, and follows play a role in what content you're served. But the Wall Street Journal found that the most important thing was none of the choices you're really making but how much time spent watching it
0: every second you hesitate or rewatch the app is tracking you
1: just want to quiet the noise
0: through this one powerful signal tiktok learns your most hidden interests and emotions and drives you deep into rabbit holes of content that are hard to escape so each of the bots was programmed like a human, like a human with a very limited scope of passions. <laughs> so there would be a bot with interests of let's say depression and forestry, that was one of them, right? Like the sad tree-loving bot. <laughs> it took TikTok um not very long to figure out the specific interests per bot, somewhere between like 40 minutes to 2 hours a single night for me in bed on TikTok. It
2: doesn't really seem like a lot of time, but that's somewhere between 200 to 1,000 videos because of how short TikToks are, or at least before the three-minute TikToks were added in, which I think that this experiment was performed before that feature Mm -hmm. was introduced. And once the algorithm figured out your interest, like depression... 93% of videos shown were depressive content and the only disruptive content, which is what wasn't included in that interest, were ads. Even some of the bots who had diverse interests, which were programmed not to like just one specific thing, ended up in these TikTok rabbit holes where an overwhelming majority of the content being shown were of one thing. And that's because TikTok and algorithms don't actually care about what you like they care about what you're going to keep watching even if you're watching in the way that you kind of watch a car crash this is how people get served kind of more and more extreme or niche content and we've covered this on our show we had an entire episode on the tiktok rabbit holes that people get stuck in that they're confused as to how they got stuck in and i've had this moment as well but i think one of the more frustrating things about the fact that the time spent looking at a content is what informs what you're seeing is that so much of internet culture coverage kind of presumes that everyone's seeing the same thing and that what you are seeing is not in any way shaped by your preferences or not your preferences, but what content you're lingering on. There's kind of this presumption in a lot of internet culture reporting that everyone's seeing the same thin white women doing dances when the truth is that's just the content that the mostly white women internet culture reporters are lingering over. And that's not a neg or a drag, but it is something that you need to consciously be aware of when you are covering these trends and making it seem as if everyone is seeing the same internet that you are. Everyone's internet is so extremely specific. And this Wall Street Journal investigation really demonstrated that that is on purpose.
0: It makes me think of... You know every now and again you'll get somebody complaining on Twitter about an ad they saw on on a on a website or on their Facebook and and they'll be, you know, talking about how they're like offended by the ad or like the ad is super off the mark and it'll be a programmatic a programmatic ad meaning it was targeted to them based on their internet history. It's like you're telling on yourself.
2: No, exactly. And I've definitely had the moment where I'm just like, "What?" about my previous browsing history has led you to believe that I want this specific thing. And it is somewhat fascinating that you would never in your life just point at that and think this is what I want Mm -hmm. or this is what I want to see. But something about your previous internet consumption habits has led some algorithm to believe that you want to see that. And I think that's hard for people to compute because again, it's not about what you like. It's about what you keep watching, over and over and over again. Even if it is in this way, where it's just like I am somewhat disgusted by this,
0: which is why I think I keep getting served sort of Marvel content. <laughs> Are you familiar with the like, Karen content economy on TikTok? Like white women Karen, sort of. But it's—I mean, as with all words on the internet, like it, it, Karen is meaningless now, or be increasingly meaningless. Yes, and it's. It'll be accounts devoted to just posting, like, cell phone camera videos. Oh, of, my God. Yeah, I skip those every single time. White. Okay, so, but regrettably, if you try to watch one or two every now and again, they take a while to build. So you are, you know, if, I'm, if I am interested in watching this white lady screaming in a parking lot it takes time to get to the screaming. And now yes. I'm realizing, oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, no.
2: I also think of all the times I've spent watching a video over and over again. And it's not because I'm watching. It's because I'm reading the comment section. Mm-hmm. And that is brushing teaching, my teeth. Yes. That's teaching the algorithm that I want to see this over and over again. And so I think in some ways this is terrifying. And in other ways, this is very helpful in terms of training your algorithm. It is less about what you were liking and more about what you were continuing to watch and so skipping is probably the most helpful thing you can do in terms of training your algorithm that you don't want to see something
0: (laughs) i this wall street journal investigation i you should go watch the video in full it's really fascinating to see this great data visualization they did of sort of the galaxy of tiktok Mm -hmm. content but uh On a personal level, I'm really grateful for it because my girlfriend never skips TikToks. She will watch every single one start to finish. I was like this. And then complains that her her for you page isn't great. Yes. That I have the good TikToks and hers is just sort of a grab bag. I'm like,
2: this is the secret. No, I for my first few months on the app would watch every single video. Oh, like I I just wanted to see what the ending would be. And now I have gotten better about skipping things because I have realized that I'm just like, okay. I don't want to see anything like this, which is somewhat annoying. In that, sometimes you do want to see the end, but it doesn't mean you want to see 50 more
0: of it. Right, especially because by by the way, social media platforms are designed. Creators are cr- creators are creating. How, <laughs> many, how many words do I know today? Creators make content with the goal of keeping you engaged for as long as they possibly can. Like every second your eyeballs stay on their stuff is valuable. So we're just getting played in both directions.
2: I see why am I getting played in both
0: directions. (laughs) Speaking of the TikTok algorithm. Madison! uh, Look, I'll learn another transition next week, but this week, (laughs) speaking of. Today on the show, we're talking about a TikTok trend that has lasted for so many weeks and embedded itself so deeply into my brain and Rachel's brain that we have found ourselves singing it out loud in the office without really noticing it was happening.
2: Our our co-workers were definitely noticing that it was happening. There's
0: only like three people in the
2: office right now. It's fine. Sorry,
0: guys. (laughs) I am talking about the, uh, don't make me laugh. I've been trying all night. You've been shaking your ass for like half of the heights. Uh, Now you know what it's like to work in the Slate offices. (laughs) Vanessa! The audio clip comes from In the Heights, the Broadway musical turned movie turned inescapable TikTok audio. Uh, It's a real case of a franchise getting the sort of organic, viral promotion that I think digital marketers probably sit in a room and drool about, dream about. The audio became a weirdly redeeming moment for In the Heights amidst a swirl of rightfully deserved criticism about colorism in the film's casting.
2: And what started out as kind of a jokey bit involving mustaches made out of liquid eyeliner or ready whip... (laughs) became an unlikely vehicle for gender euphoria on TikTok. So,
0: just to be clear, we're talking about something that is good today?
2: I know. No drama? Well, so, I mean, we can't make that promise. There's definitely some drama. There's always drama. But yeah, mostly this thing just delights me. (laughs) And I want to talk about it because I just love seeing people happy on the internet. But
0: we'll get into more of that after the break. After the break me Rachel who has apparently become that uh that that girl from that scene in Mean Girls who just wants us to all get along and bake a cake of rainbows we will all be uh talking about this TikTok
1: she doesn't even go here
0: do you even go to this school no I just have a lot of feelings
2: This next clip is for all of you folks who have Googled what is the Vanessa TikTok song.
1: Just happy all night, you barely even dance with me. Don't make me laugh, I'll be trying all night. You've been shaking your ass for like half of the heights. Nice. Give me a chance all evening so I get another
2: dance. Just a little brief background though. In the Heights came out June 10th. It's a Broadway musical by Lynn manuel Miranda turned big blockbuster musical film. A story of a block that's disappearing. Somebody <laughs> saw the trailer. <laughs> a block specifically in Washington, Washington Heights. Heights. The Heights starring Anthony Ramos, Melissa Barrera. There's a lot of great people in this movie. There's also a lot of discourse around this movie because despite the demographic makeup of Washington Heights, there are no Afro-Latino people in leading roles. A lot of other writers have already tackled the subject, including this really amazing roundtable, The New York Times, that we will link in the show notes. But we are here specifically to talk about how the musical made its way to TikTok, which it did for a multitude of
0: reasons. Our focus is specifically the blackout scene. So this song comes from the blackout scene in the movie, which is the big pinnacle of the film the whole movie is a countdown like three days till blackout two days till blackout everything is set around the blackout literally what it sounds like new york city blackout everybody's in the dark it's july very sweaty they're powerless they're powerless they're in a club the tiktok audio from the blackout scene was written for the movie so it's a set of lines that if you are an in the heights super fan will be new to you It's an exchange between Usnavi, who is the lead, Anthony Ramos, and Vanessa, played by Melissa Barrera, who are having a fight because Usnavi was not paying attention to Vanessa in the club all night. And Vanessa was really trying. My
2: first interaction with this clip is people being like, what the fuck? This is not Usnavi's character. And then two seconds later saying... But why does it slap, though? Why can't
0: I get this out of my head? (laughs) I, unfortunately, have a broken brain, as we have established. And my stupid mind connected that the, the, like, interval leap between don't make me laugh is the same as in in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, when the dwarf goes, (laughs) hi-ho. And so now I can only picture, like, Dopey the Dwarf singing this song.
1: I
2: I love that your brain is broken in a very specific musical theater way because when you said interval leap, my brain went full white noise.
0: You play like two instruments! I
2: played one very badly. Anyway, you might notice that we're not actually playing a ton of the TikToks we're talking about. We are trying to do you a favor and not play the same audios 27 times. But basically the original trend, besides the kind of pointing out of how different it was from the original stage production, is just couples playing opposite each other. Just hamming it up to each specific line.
0: I think the Wall Street Journal video also was very satisfying to me Knowing now that it was my fault that I was seeing nothing but this video. Yes. Because I had spent months training my algorithm to show me theater stuff. The fact that this
2: audio is living about a month and a half later kind of goes to show the different journeys it's taken. There's the original OG somewhat criticism of it. Then there's the couples playing opposite each other. And then... This is where it gets fun. Then there's the solo venture, wherein which one person plays both roles. Which, if you've ever tried to sing, you know, one day more from Les Mis by yourself, you know exactly what's going on. Here. I mean,
0: I think maybe you should demonstrate for the for the
2: good folks at home. I'm I'm sorry, that is premium content. Please subscribe to Slate Plus to get that in your feed. Oh my god, please subscribe! I'm begging. <laughs> But so this is actually a pretty common TikTok practice of playing both parts at once. Throwing a
0: towel over your head Mm -hmm. to pretend to be a woman with long hair. Yes, exactly. and That gets me every time. Just like a a dish towel as like lady. I don't know
2: why. It's just so low budget. It's so funny every (laughs) single time. But so people were doing that. People were putting liquid liner on their upper lip to kind of simulated mustache and then wiping it off to do Vanessa's part and then drawing it back on for his Navi's part. And the fact that the parts switch so fast towards
0: the end of that clip just makes it so funny. This trend takes off so organically and becomes so big that members of the cast start participating. And he had to decide if this was like a thing they decided to do for fun or if HBO Max said, hey,
2: "Hey, can you hop on TikTok for a minute? Grab some liquid liner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so at this point, the solo switching gets elaborate. A TikToker named Caleb Romo does this really cool thing with... Madison, you've seen those LED light strips that every single person on TikTok has, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so they kind of go in the corners of your rooms. They light up all the primary corners. You
0: lace them around the ceiling, and then it creates a glowy like purple or green. Now you won't be able to unsee them.
2: Yes, and so... He does this thing where he's switching back and forth between the red and the blue on the light strips as this TikTok sound is playing. And in the red light, he has on lipstick and eyeliner. And in the blue light, he has on a beard. And if you've been on TikTok, you're kind of used to jump cuts that are really incredible and have like this incredible (laughs) level of editing that I still am shocked at. But there's no cuts here. It's just happening. And so everyone in the comments is like, how are you doing this? And I'm going to let him explain because I don't understand color theory. And he does.
0: Um, For this... Look to work, you only need
2: two colors, red and blue. So I'm taking the James Charles palette. It's the only one that I have with these colors in there. So um, this red right here, and then this lighter blue down here. Don't look at my nails. But yeah, so those are the only two colors you're gonna need and then we'll get into the look. Gonna take this red and start stippling it in over the beard area where we want his beard to be. And then once you have something like this, you're just gonna take a concealer and on an angled brush, just go in and place down your wing liner. And that's gonna help the blue set on it a little bit better. And I'm just going over it with this lighter blue color. Then you're just gonna need the lashes, which I can make a tutorial if you wanna know how to make the blue lashes. Then you just add a blue lip and you're done.
1: You just switch between both of them.
2: People who are clearly smarter than me and Madison figure this out real fast. And
0: everyone has these LED lights and they all hop on this trend. This is where somebody over at TikTok HQ by Dance HQ gets wise and they build a a TikTok native filter that does this for you. So you do not need to know how to apply makeup or own the LED lights. It's a filter that when the background is blue, you have a beard. And when you blink, it changes to red and you will be Vanessa. The thing about this filter is that it A, becomes
2: extremely popular and B, it's not exactly intuitive as to what makes it work. So there is this moment where my TikTok feed is full of this Vanessa sound and also people trying to make this filter work and then only towards the end of the sound figuring out that you have to blink. And it's so funny. But also a lot of people seem to figure out that they look like their dads and or Jesus as men Which a vibe, a moment.
0: Okay, so I'm a pretty lady with this filter, but as a dude, why am I hot Jesus? Have you ever seen the passion of the Christ? Would you like to?
1: Actually I was
0: Looking like your dad or Jesus aside, this trend within a trend within a trend? Are we three trends deep at this point? I think maybe there's one more. I think we're there four trends deep? Yeah. mm Mm-hmm. Add within a trend one more time. Within a trend. Mm Mm-hmm. Emerges among trans folks and non-binary folks, who, some of whom describe using the filter as a surprising moment of gender euphoria. Gender dysphoria, the opposite of gender euphoria, is not feeling good in, in one's one's gender and, and comfortable in it and how you present and feel in the world. Gender euphoria is the positive opposite of that. So, for example, seeing yourself with a masculinized face and a beard. This then, trend is so wholesome. <laughs>
2: I love this trend. Again, I love seeing people happy. And the best part about this specific sound is that because Vanessa goes first in the song, there's this moment where Vanessa is talking and she's saying, you've barely danced with me all night. And then the blue filter switches over and you can see people being surprised and then so happy. And it's just so... I just love to see it. There's this one from this user called, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Spang Hue. And so as Vanessa is singing on the screen, it says, so I tried to do this trend. Then Navi comes in and then on the screen, there's just like a tiny, what? And then they're just looking at themselves and just kind of blinking and happy and smiling and then on screen gender upphoria and the caption, I need to go on T, meaning testosterone right now. I don't want to wait anymore.
0: We should note that uh, not everyone likes this filter. There are some also some very <laughs> funny videos from other trans folks who tried it and were like, nope, absolutely not.
2: Yeah, there's this one from Xandra who's non-binary.
1: This really is confirming that I am non-binary because I really hate both of these.
2: And then this one from at smorpadorp. Everyone with this filter is like, gender envy this, gender envy that. You want to know what I look like? How did you get so lucky? So basically, there is a wide range of diversity within people's response to this (laughs) filter, which, you know, on this podcast, we love and stand diversity. If you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, There isn't one. Well, actually, there is one. There is a TikTok of somebody who is Asian, who the TikTok filter just reads him as constantly blinking because apparently no one at ByteDance has heard of monolids. Basically, there is nothing that's completely happy on the internet. I'm sorry. I really
0: hyped this up as a moment of pure happiness. (laughs) We mostly wanted to discuss the trend path of an earworm like this on TikTok though, right? To trace the evolution from viral audio to creative innovations to it finally, the the final boss, the last thing that happens to a, to an internet, <laughs> piece of internet joy before it dies. Capitalism. TikTok turning it into a formal property. <laughs> Mostly this was an exorcism though. I don't think that
2: worked. I still have it stuck in my head. I also think we probably spread the earworm
0: I think there's only one thing left to try. I'm kind of scared about what you're about to say. The One Breath Dancing Queen Challenge. Oh my God. Madison, I
2: told you I am not musically inclined. Also, my roommate hates this challenge because I keep singing it because I'm not musically inclined. <laughs> Are you gonna do it?
1: not be all night. No.
2: <laughs> This is a new rip. It's like rip rolling, but a thousand percent worse. <laughs>
0: Anyway, the Dancing Queen One Breath Challenge. A a vocal challenge from a musician named Sammy Ray, uh, where you sing a rift version of the chorus of Dancing Queen by ABBA, and you do it in one breath.
1: This is my Dancing Queen One Breath Accuracy Challenge. It's got some cool rhythms and some cool jumps, so do it me if you can do this. You're going to start up here. One, two. You can dance, too. Who can jive, have in the time of your life? Who see that girl, watch that scene. She is a dancing queen. You did it.
0: All I'm saying is if you try to do that like 15 times in a row, you will no longer have Usnavi All Night stuck in your head. This is good advice. You're not wrong. And yet...
2: I kind of like Usnavi more, because I can't do the one breath challenge.
0: Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. Stop. All right. Well, on that note, I'm going to go sing Dancing Queen. Rachel is just going to linger in the Heights on Heights Talk forever. (laughs) I will forever be in the Heights.
2: And that's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Wednesday, so definitely subscribe. It's free and the best way to never, ever, ever, ever miss an episode or an earworm. And please leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. Talk about us at all the parties y'all are now going to. Tell us about how y'all are talking about us at all the parties you're going to. Tell us on Twitter, where you can follow us at ICYMI underscore pod, which is also where you can DM us your questions, your earworms, your praise, your memes. DM us pretty much anything. Use your discretion, though. You can always drop us a note at ICYMI and we might have you on the show.
0: ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. Forrest Wickman and Allegra Frank are our editors, and Gabe Roth is editorial director of audio. See you online. Or in the Heights.
1: <laughs> no. You
0: can dance, you, you can dance. Please make it stop. <laughs>
1: That's chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice.